110 billion dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You probably could help a lot of people with that amount of money. Hello, welcome to Hattrick. Yeah. I'm Jordan Dollar Coltman. I'm joined this week as I have been for the past, I think, four or five weeks. We're getting into a nice rhythm here on Sundays. Elliot Tanty, Braden Dollar Coltman. Uh, one of them is my brother. You can guess which one. Um, and we'll go from there. How are you guys doing? Welcome to a slightly, we're recording a little bit earlier. No one has to know that, but we're recording. I'm telling them now. We're recording a little bit earlier. I early just on woke up. Yeah, pretty much. That's okay. <laughs> we're recording early because we do, uh, if you listen to last week's pod, you heard a little advertisement. There's a another member of my household who has a wonderful show going on this evening. So we had to um, record a little bit early, which is fine. Usually we, we kind of come into it after a hockey game or after some kind of late night sporting event and we're all a little groggy. So maybe we'll be a little more chipper. You feeling chipper, Elliot? Yeah, really chipper. So chipper, I'm going to make another bold coaching uh, prediction. Okay. Uh, obviously this week with uh, Ralph Kruger being fired, I'm going to say that there will not be another coach fired in the NHL for the rest of the year now that Ralph Kruger has gone. Mm. that's some cooler bots for sure um brayden how are you feeling chipper i'm feeling chipper a great oilers game there's march madness in the air and i'm going to um say that there will be three more coaching um changes in the nhl this year all right only three so somebody's three three people are really in trouble now uh, Braden is the kiss, kiss of death with his pick. So actually, it's probably likely Elliot's right now because now that Braden's made that prediction, his predictions don't usually come I true. Count it. <laughs> and I, I guess we should also just take a quick second and say Happy Persian New Year. Is that the right way to say it, Elliot? Yeah, absolutely. Happy New Year's. All right, let's get to it. Here's topic one. Okay, so topic one this week, we are going to do a little bit of Euler content. We always tease ourselves and each other about how much Euler content we usually did. And in the last couple of weeks, we've really abstained well from Euler content. Although I know it's been difficult for Braden. Each week he has more and more apparel on as we record, just sort of like trying to coax us into it. Uh, I think he may have slept in the Euler hat he's currently wearing. Well, just, just to be clear, he's he's always been wearing apparel, but, but he's wearing Euler's branded apparel now, just so no one thinks he's been doing the show naked, Jordan. That's oh. right. That's oh, exactly we why. To tell people that. Oh, okay. Copy that. <laughs> No, I don't believe he's been in the nude. Um, but anyway, yes, let's get to it. Here's the, here's the, uh, I can't see him from the waist down, so it's possible. Who knows? I can't see either of you from the waist down. I got silky oiler underwear on. Oh, nice. All right. Let's go to topic one. The silkiest McDavid's goals last night. There you go. Well, we're not going to do too much digging into the actual game, although they have won three straight. Let's talk. Um, we have a fun little topic here. Elliot's got teed up for us. He's got he's gone to the trouble, and I'm sure that it was deep analytics and a lot of soul searching to complete this list. But he is he has compiled his top five Oilers of the year, and I'm sure there are going to be some controversial picks in here. So I'm going to hand it off to Elliot. He's going to set this up, and then we can begin a, a nice healthy debate. Take it away, Elliot. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I started doing in the decorative darkness is finding my own ways to find success for the Edmonton Oilers. And so occasionally what I would do is just rate the players in the NH uh, of the Edmonton Oilers because there was really nothing else positive to talk about. Um, and so I did a top 10 here, but I think we'll focus in on the top five um, because there, I've made some, I, I feel controversial picks. Maybe not, maybe not at all. Maybe this would be a boring segment, but um, let's get going. Great. So I think the number one best player in the Edmonton Oilers is pretty obvious. We're not going to debate this. We're not going to talk about it. It's obviously Connor McDavid. 
Um, so let's just, I, I think we're, that's a consensus pick. He's the best player in the league. Therefore he has to be the best player in the Edmonton Oilers. Done. Copy that. Who do I, number two and three, I think are, are very close. And I have decided to put uh, Darnell Nurse ahead of Leon Dreisaitl. Wow. Darnell Nurse, the second best player of the Edmonton Oilers this year. Wow. Uh, you know, we, we'll probably get into that one a little bit, but that's uh, based on just number of minutes he's playing, um, his consistency both offensively and defensively, and how much pressure he's taken off the rest of the decor because of his excellent play. Dreisaitl then falls to third, outstanding year still, but I have him third. And then four or five, you know, it's, there's a lot of Oilers you could put in that space. But I decided that uh, I think the fourth best player in the Emerson Oilers this year is is Mike Smith, uh, carrying the team in goal and uh, also seems to be the heart of the team in a lot of ways. You see lots of passion and energy. Guys seem to like to play for him. So I have Mike Smith as number four. And then the fifth best Oiler I have this year is one Tyson Berry. So number one, McDavid, two, Nurse, three, Dreisaitl, four, Mike Smith, and five, Barry, thoughts, boys? Yeah, you want to go first, Braden, or you want me to? Well, take it's him hard down? to. I mean, it's hard to argue with. <clears throat> you know, it's funny because I was fully expecting this to be like throughout the decades. I was like, this guy better be talking about Tommy Stallo, Cujo, and Smitty. Um, sure enough, you've got Mike Smith on there, but that's a different Smitty. I have a hard time talking about Mike Smith and saying Smitty. I don't know how you guys feel about. It. That's a little tangential. Maybe next week's topic. Um, I definitely agree with your first. Uh, I don't think know. that needs a whole topic, Braden. Well, that's arguable. All right. Anyway, we can get Smitty on here to uh, to debate. We'll get if both Smiths on Smitty to debate. If you get Smitty on here, then we can make it a topic. That's a deal. Look, I mean, I I I agree. I maybe wouldn't have Nurse in the second. Uh, maybe I would probably try to have Nuge up in that top five for his productivity this year. But it's hard. Like Barry, uh, yeah, Barry's definitely. In a, uh, a huge upgrade to the power play. The amount of shots he takes, it, it's it, it it's made a difference. I don't have too much to argue here. Wow, both of you have clearly you're still sleeping because you're both dreaming. This is insane. I can't believe this is the list. Let's go through it one Give by it one. David, fine, take it. That's fine. Yeah, there is no way Darnell Nurse is the second best Oiler right now. He is not better than Tyson Berry. He is not better than Leon Draisaitl. He's Dreisaitl. not even better in my mind than Jesse Puliarvi. I'm sorry, Darnell Nurse might make the top five for me, but he's probably at like six or seven. All right, Darnell Nurse might Jesse make Puliarvi a needs to be on that list. Oh, you why? When Jesse Puliarvi is on the ice, the team plays better. They they just play better this year. He's made things happen. Yes, he looks a little bit like a deer on skates. That's fair. But he's still, when the puck is on his stick, things happen. Did you see the past two games ago, the behind the back, no look pass to McDavid in the slot? I mean, this guy is an offensive, a high, high level offensive player. Tyson Berry, first off, is being slaughtered by the Toronto media right now because they're all suggesting he's only had a bounce back year because he's being carried by Leon and Connor. That is not true. Tyson Berry is the best puck moving defenseman the Oilers have seen since Chris Pronger. His head is so good. His hockey sense is so good. His eyesight and the way in which he is able to read the ice, especially with the speed of McDavid, the speed of Pugliarvi, he is three steps ahead of any defenseman out there. Darnell Nurse, when he gets the puck and he gets on a rush, he's a good defensive of offensive defenseman, but he is not great yet. And his defense is a little lacking. He gets bailed out way more often than he needs to. He is not in the top five. And I'm sorry, but Nuge should not be there, Braden, either. But in my mind, if there's anyone who's sitting even, right on the cusp. I don't even have Nuge in the top ten. Yeah, all right, that's fair. If 
if there's anyone sitting there that's like the maybe on the bubble, it's it's the the guy who I think is the biggest surprise for the Oilers this year, and that's Jujar Kara. Jujar Kara, in my mind, is probably in the four or five spot. Every single I had, time I had he's there. been on the ice, he's generated offense. And I'll give you no. Mike Smith. Mike Smith's fair, but Mike Smith missed half the season so far, so he's got he's got half a season to make up for. And I'll leave it at that for now. So just a couple things on Nurse. There's Nurse is playing like 26 minutes a night. He's like third in the NHL in, in total time. His plus minus is through the roof. He's got 10 goals already this year. He's got more goals than Tyson Berry. Like I just you, that's like that. You, that's sure. ludicrous to me. I do have pool party six. I had pool RV six. And I it was love that we're still calling him pool party. <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. Yeah, I can't. Uh, and I had Kyra in the top ten as well. I didn't have Nuge in the top ten. I haven't I seen Nuge all give, that well. I, I have seen Nuge on Darnell every single that play that Connor scores on. He has he his plus right now is like through the roof. Sure. Here's the thing though. Here's and this is a side. This is definitely tangential, and maybe we want to go into this like in the off season. This would be a good rules debate. I think I brought this up before. I hate the second assist is equal to the first assist point wise. I hate it because people look at points and they're like, Oh wow, this guy's had a great season. If you're the secondary assist, you might've just dumped the puck out of your own zone. You're not as valuable as the first primary assist. No, the primary assist is the guy who made the play. It's never some plays, maybe but but on a power play. If you're just cycling the puck and the first pass is just into the corner and then that guy makes the play to the slot, it should be worth half a point. And I think when you look at the statistics of that, it's it's about where this, where the scoring chances are coming from. Tyson Berry is the primary assist. Okay. So what if Mike Smith makes a pass from goal two line, right, right to a, a guy uh say nuge and he passes it over mcdavid who's who made that play i'm just saying the the yeah to dump the puck out but the secondary secondary assistance to be okay all right look i've clearly proved my point this should be a topic down the road maybe we'll get into a rules debate later i love it i do Um, i do have i do i do get that i think you the problem is jordan you have trouble where there's that secondary assist is important sometimes where it's not and it's just too difficult to define that so you just have to do it all right. Well, we're, Heck, we're, I think we're clearly over time. We need a third assist. This got hot and heated. This was fun. Maybe uh, you can tweet us or uh, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook whether you agree with Elliot's top five. We'll Just to be clear, it. I don't. This has one fewer point than Tyson Berry. Like I don't. I don't know where you're coming from. The Tyson Berry. I'm not. But see, this is what I'm saying. It's not about points for me. It's also about how you generate. Offense, how you move the team forward, and your defensive play. If you're a defenseman, if you're going to put a defenseman in the second spot, he better be the best defenseman. Darnell Nurse is plus 21 this year, dude. Like, sure. I don't think you're giving him the credit. Because he's playing next to Tyson Berry. I think he's in top four for defense this year. He's, he's, yeah. like, he's like one of the best defensemen in the league this year. All right. We'll leave it at that. That's topic one. Topic two this week is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer, and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz worthy meals. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, topic two today is a kind of a weird one. We wanted to dig a little bit into something off the field or ice or uh, field in this case. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL's new deal, their media deal. Um, the way the NFL's broadcast rights deals go kind of drives TV. There's sort of the old joke that it, the NFL is the league that runs television. And I mean that because um, for the last decade almost, the highest rated television programs every single year are NFL football games. It's the only thing really that's keeping broadcast television afloat in many cases. Network television relies so heavily on the money they generate and, and the revenue they, they create through the marketing of football games. And so obviously it's a big deal when that happens. And it sort of has a ripple effect to all the other sports because they have to take their cues off of what those NFL deals are. They're never going to get as good a deal. Therefore, they have to think about how it compares. And it's also a bellwether because they're the network that literally launched networks to, to, to hold their sports. Fox Sports exists because of the NFL and trying to compete with the, the broadcasting on, on the other network. So uh, just to give us a sort of a rundown of what the big deal is, it is a $110 billion deal. That's with a B. Uh, it is the biggest deal in sports history, obviously, for a network for any network, and it includes all four of the major United States uh, networks. So ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox all hold rights as they did before. None of them lost any nights of the week. ESPN still holds um, their rights in conjunction with ABC. So between ESPN and ABC, who are both obviously Disney-owned, they paid $2.8 billion themselves um, to get that content on there. But the biggest part of this deal, the most interesting part of this deal, which of course is sort of the worst kept secret, was that Amazon was going to get in on the play and they become the first streaming platform in the United States to own a night of the week for football. So they now own Thursday night football. So that means that you will be able to watch it on Amazon Prime Sports, but they will also be broadcasting the Amazon product in local markets. So if you live in New England or Boston and you want to watch the Patriots game when it's on Thursday night game, it will be on television on one of the local stations who will just take it syndicated. Sort of the same structure the NFL network deal was, right? The big question for me is when you look at this deal, you know, it doesn't change a lot of the way that um, the major networks will hold it. Basically, any night there's football, it's going to be on TV. You're always going to be able to find it. Most of the games are going to be on, you know, channels one through five on your dial, whether you have cable satellite, direct TV, whatever, it's going to be there. The Amazon deal is a little different. If you're out of market, you will have to be able to go online to do that, which I think might be a, an interesting conversation about the future of it. Um, the other part of it is Amazon now has to basically build a football network. They've never broadcast sports before, so they have to go and do that from scratch. But you know, there's models in place to do that. Fox did the same. From scratch with billions of dollars. <laughs> exactly. It's not like they have to figure, but you know what I'm saying? The big question I think is, will Amazon innovate? Um, the, the thing that Amazon, because Amazon Prime has been broadcasting syndicated football games throughout the year as part of the NFL um, uh, package you could you could pay uh, to watch you know games they were streamed from Fox or from ABC on uh, Amazon the same way you can on DAZN or any of those other streaming platforms but the, now they have an exclusive actual their own product but the question is will they take some of the innovation they used in those ones into it meaning will there be multiple commentary streams will there be like a betting line version of the product where you know for people who are more interested in that they can tune into a fantasy version of the thing where literally the play-by-play -play 
and the color guy are talking more about fantasy points than they are the actual content of the game. Will those be the innovations that because it's a streaming platform with the ability to switch feeds and things as opposed to a traditional television, will that happen? The reason we wanted to talk about this is because it also does affect our favorite sport. The NHL has in the United States moved to ESPN and that deal goes into effect for the uh, 2021-22 season. So that's next year. Um, mainly because NBC Sports is ceasing to exist. They're moving strictly to Peacock. Um, NBC will only be broadcasting the NFL on their major network, but they won't have NBC Sports. So they will also lose the Olympics. That will probably end up with ESPN as well, I would assume, as Disney has all the money. But the big question is when you think about it, when you think about how you consume sports, especially when it's on television, what do you, what do you think we should hope for? And what do you think um, we should expect with the NFL, I would assume very little is going to change, right? People like the way the product is presented. But are innovations needed? Should innovations be embraced? And when it comes to the NHL, what do you want to see? It's interesting because we've already got like the NHL network, right? Like people can buy and subscribe Rogers Sportsnet and they can you can watch games out of market. You can already do that. What I what I'm interested in uh, is what whatever happened in, I think it was the playoffs when Nickelodeon started to uh, to take on the NFL games. I don't know who owns Nickelodeon or how that went about. Yeah, it's but Viacom. They, it's the CBS game, yeah. They made an effort to, you know, overlay digital content to make it new and exciting and educational for uh, a younger audience. I think that there's something there that that definitely could, uh, could stand across different, um, different sports and Hopefully something that Amazon takes on is uh, something that they're able to do uh, with their billions and billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm kind of, I, I really like the idea of innovative, different kind of innovations and feeds. I, I mean, I think a fantasy version of listening to a play by play would be really interesting. I think particularly the NFL, but you're more likely to see that from a betting standpoint to sports betting is now finally acceptable, I guess. <laughs> I not that it wasn't before, but it just seems like it's been embraced by the major leagues now, uh, all four. And we're going to start to see that that occur uh, and emerge more and more. So, you know, th those are I, I think when you're looking at these deals, I'd be thinking about those innovations and, and the value, how much the NFL makes off of fantasy products and how much they make their their investments to make off you know stakes and in, in betting franchises as well too which i think is is also interesting you know for me i in terms of the hockey thing what i am really excited about is the nhl being on espn jordan forgive me if i'm wrong but i don't know that the nhl's ever really been on espn or if they have they've really struggled to or it's been like espn seven or whatever you know like yeah and 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 that means something like ESPN is a brand and it's the sports brand, you know, there's Fox sports, there was NBC sports and, and those things are, those things are good. But when you, when you're on ESPN, you've made it. And I think that this will do wonders for the NHL and the game of hockey in the United States, just because it's, it just allows access to a much larger audience. At least I don't know the intricacies of the deal, yeah. but I just, there's something about being on ESPN that, that means something too, you know? Yeah. I would say that's, I, I would agree with you in part. I think that the one, the, there is a definite advantage to the fact that you get the built-in 24-hour content 
um, that ESPN provides you because you the NHL will become more relevant on SportsCenter, it'll become more relevant on some of the talk shows. They'll probably talk about games on first take because it's part of their package and brand. So that's definitely true. Exposure-wise, it may grow. That's the, I think that on the flip side of it, there is a slight step back because similar to Canada, where we kind of all just expect that everyone's going to have subscribed in their cable packages to Sportsnet or to TSN because it's sort of a normal thing to do here. Those are paid subscriptions and you're still adding those. Basic cable does not include those as in, in Canada. Rogers, Bell, right. tell us whomever your Shaw, although almost Shaw and Rogers are now going to be one thing, but it, whomever your cable provider is, that's an add-on. Um, and we just don't think of it that way. But that is that means that if you don't have it, you're probably not seeing that unless it's the Saturday night CBC game. Um, and in the States, ESPN is the same thing. ESPN is not on one of those first five, you know, dials on your, on your old television. As I said, NBC was and NBC sports often would play their Saturday night games on NBC television, the network. Um, so that gave it a little bit more exposure, but again, those were only going to be the Pittsburgh, you know, the, the, the Pittsburgh, uh, New York game or the Pittsburgh, whomever game that, that was the biggest draws for the American audience. This will definitely increase some of those smaller market teams exposure. And there is also the, the built-in ESPN plus part of it, where they will have the ability similar, like, like Braden brought up in Canada for people to be able to subscribe, to watch more games. I would argue from our perspective in Canada, um, we have a lot I would say there's still a lot to be desired for the package we have. Um, the more, the further into this package, and I think we are in year five or six of it, and I believe it's a seven or eight year deal. So we're getting close to the renegotiation period. Um, but the thing I hear more and more is I think out of market fans are frustrated in this country because it is hard to get out of market games oh, because yeah. of the structure of the local market. Uh, ownership that the teams have right so for those who don't know wednesday nights and saturday nights are the only official national broadcast games uh if your team let's say you're in vancouver and you cheer for the oilers i don't know who that would be but if that's the case if the oilers are not playing the canucks it is hard to find the oilers game on the dial you can subscribe to sportsnet west where that game is being broadcast but it will be blacked out um, because the Canucks own every other night of the week's broadcast space and they are trying to prevent local market fans from watching anyone else. Here's the irony of that from my perspective for the NHL. You are reducing the likelihood that fans of other teams, even if they're out of market, are watching your content. That's bad for you as a league, right? Euler fans aren't all of a sudden going to become Canuck fans because it's the only thing on television. It just doesn't work that way right? You want to watch the teams you cheer for. And when it's only, when there's only six teams or seven teams in Canada, it's very likely there are a lot of out of market fans for those teams, right? Especially the old teams, Montreal and Toronto fans are everywhere. We know that because they're original six teams, they're generational, but that's, I think a real problem. And when you pay for, you know, the Rogers package to watch the NHL all the time, you're still blacked out on those out of market games in Canada. And that's a problem. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's ridiculous if you pay for access to NHL games and then can't watch them. Yeah. Like, what I also don't understand, like, and here's, that's fundamentally here's, wrong. Here's my last, this would be my last pitch to the NHL. The only thing you have to do to fix that package is have a pay entry, like pay on demand per game structure. That's what it should be. There should be a pay-per-view per game fee. You shouldn't have to pay the $200 or $300, whatever, for the entire season as the exclusive op option. You should also be able to take $5 per game because I guarantee you they would make more money 
off of the casual fan doing that, right? If you could pay $5 per game, they'd be making more money than they charge for the season. Anyway, I think that there there's flexi- there should be better flexibility and opportunities for pay models because we're just in that world now. We'll see if it changes, and maybe with the NFL's deal, things will start to open up on the streaming side of it because Amazon may be one of those sort of catalysts for that. But who knows? They may also just create a network television-style broadcast and put it on Amazon Prime. Who knows? We'll, we'll wait and Let's... see. We'll leave that. That's topic two. Mm-hmm. All right, topic three this week. We're going back to the old faithful uh, hats off. The classic. The original. Uh, each of us will pick someone or some group of people or something, I guess, <laughs> uh, to tip our hat to uh, this week. I'll go first. Mine's a bit cynical, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I am tipping my hat this week to the Toronto media. We, we like to rag on them throughout the year as the Western and alienated people we, we pretend to be. Uh, no, I'm tipping my hat to the, to the mainstream uh, Toronto media, TSN, Sportsnet. You are, you are the prime uh, suspects in this, this, this attack. My hat goes off to you because three or four weeks ago when Austin Matthews was on a tear, all of the uh, writers' polls in the early season uh, – uh, polls for the Hart Trophy and the MVP of the NHL were clearly going to Matthews because, my goodness, he was the best player. And then he hurt his wrist a little bit and sort of slipped, and it became harder and harder to sell that argument over Connor McDavid. But don't worry, guys. They found a new person to stick ahead of McDavid because, God forbid, they ever let McDavid uh, just take the, the the first place in those polls. So now Patrick Kane apparently is a better player than Connor McDavid on the year because again those Toronto sour grape fans can't possibly admit that Connor McDavid might be better than anyone in Toronto. So my hat goes off to UTSN and to Sportsnet and to all of the uh, hockey writers out east for finding a way to continue to undervalue the greatest player to currently play the game, Connor McDavid. Elliot, you next. Yeah, I'm going to tip my hat this week to one Louise Guillaume, uh, plays for the, the, the Mets, who it is believed participated in the longest at-bat ever in recorded MLB history. Now, this is spring league, so it's not in season. So, you know, there will be some naysayers that say, well, whatever. A 22-pitch at-bat that ended in a walk. Uh, which is, I, I, I'm, I've yet to watch the video, but I, I'm going to find this video and, and watch it. Um, it's almost amazing that baseball doesn't resonate with young people anymore. <laughs> uh, no, How long was it? Well, I don't know, but 22 pitch at bat. I can't, I can't even, I heard about this last week. I couldn't even believe it happened. So I uh, looked it up, but yeah, in spring league, 22 pitches ended in a walk. Um, and of course, if he'd been struck out, I would have given it to the pitcher, but instead I'm giving it to Louise Guillaume. Hats off. Means to he you. fouled off like 17 of those or 16 of those. That's insane. Yeah. That's a lot. And yeah. like, that's more pitches than some relievers throw nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Like, guys that guy's they pitch- get one guy out, they go back to the right hander. He did a quarter of that pitcher's pitch count, probably. That's insane. in that in that nearly. Yeah. So anyway, hats off to him. That's, yeah, hats that's off to rude. him for sure. And give the guy an ice pack or something. <laughs> Going to be sore. And the pitcher. Braden. Okay, my uh, my hat's going off to uh, LeBron James. 
not because he's injured and not because he's on uh, a streak to uh, be the next MVP of the league, um, but, but he is the newest partner of the Fenway Sports Group. He is a part owner, uh, the first duo black partners in the company's history of the Boston Red Sox. Boston is not a friendly town. Um, and I think that this is a really important thing for um, for that franchise, on, for on, baseball. Just a disclaimer, we have nothing against the people of Boston, but it does have a Boston is historically history. a racist town. There have been <laughs> some very... We're going to get hate mail. There, well, the, I mean, historically, there have been some terrible things, especially when it comes to sports and black pay- players... Um, it doesn't involved have a great in sports. It does That's not true. have a great history. Every every major sport can point to one incident involving a, someone from that, that place. Anyway, I don't think that this is related to why LeBron <laughs> is uh, now uh, a part owner, but I think that it yeah. does go a long way um, when it comes to uh, his involvement in that franchise. He already owns a few different franchises. I think that this uh, I think this is a, a great move for LeBron James. There you go. Hats off, buddy. So people can direct the hate mail. Bostonians can direct their hate mail to where, Brady? No, we're not giving out any addresses or phone numbers, and we'll blur your face on the Zoom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all for for uh, listening to us this week. Uh, thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Braden. It's been a lot of fun to do this at an earlier time in the day. Uh, you can all go have your midday naps now. And, uh, oh, just before we go, we wanted to just quickly promote, we've got a, a cool uh, little thing we're going to do this year. Um, Braden and I have both become uh, devotees of Formula One. And so um, Hattrick Sports is going to present a special uh, podcast every week uh, that there is a race throughout the F1 schedule. Um, it'll be sort of a midweek uh, preview of what that week wa- uh, looks like and sort of a recap of what the previous race was. It's called the Pit Stop Podcast. Uh, it will be on this feed. So if you already subscribe to the Hattrick Sports um, feed, whether it's on Apple or anywhere else, Spotify, anywhere else you get your your hat, your, your sports pardon me, anywhere else you get your podcasts, wherever you subscribe, this will just pop up in that feed. So you don't have to subscribe anywhere else. You'll just see it there uh, and you can listen to that. Braden and I will discuss uh, the F1 world news for the week. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, we'll still have the, the regular scheduled Hattrick sports podcasts the same week. So uh, that's just a little something special coming down the line. That'll we'll have our first episode this upcoming week because the first race is on the 28th. So uh, we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, thank you both. And thanks to everybody for listening to us. You can follow us on Instagram. Twitter and Facebook. Have a great week. That's Hattrick. Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler-Coltman and Braden Dyler-Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening.